This episode is brought to you by Tabletop Dominion, purveyors of handmade dice and artisan gaming accessories. Why not head over to tabletopdominion.com and use the code BELLOW to enjoy 10% off your order. Who knows, maybe you will find your very own blue dice of power. Welcome to the Billowing Hilltop podcast. Readers, we have reached book nine. That means we are two thirds of the way through the Age of Worms and your ordeal is almost over. Well, nearly almost over. Anyway, ratings and reviews are always welcome. As is engagement on social media, you can find us on the increasingly weird Twix or Blue Sky or Threads or Instagram. All of those are at Billowing Hilltop. Or you can find us on Facebook if you're old. Or you can email us if you're even older. Send us a single expletive, or send us comments, or send us questions, or whatever. We'd just love to hear from you. Anyway, that's it. I've got no other news or information, so let us push on with episode 163 of the Billowing Hilltop podcast. Give me your heart tonight. The Age of Worms draws ever closer. In the Wormcrawl Fissure, that dark, yawning recess of the Rift Canyon, in the wilderness of the Red Hand, the servants of Kios lay their plans, their senses searching, yearning, seeking their enemies, and something else, an object, a source of disquiet, fear even. In Frosthanger, they conceal themselves, some in the shadows, some in plain sight, in the grand palaces and mansions. Here they build, they plot, and they prepare to welcome their true lord at the hour of dread. They look for omens, they watch the skies. But here too there is disquiet. Who among them is masking their true nature? Which of their closest confidants and servants work against them? Our heroes face the same dilemma. Who can they trust? Who is showing them the true path? And who works against them? And do they have an opportunity at long last to strike a deadly blow to the heart of the evil that faces them? Does a weapon lie in wait for them, not in the hidden tombs and catacombs of this world, but sequestered, severed, concealed, in the library of last resort? Okay, we're off to see the wizard. Oh my god, I'm so ill. The wonderful wizard of Dunge. Right, right. That book's over. I'm so pleased. Yeah, it's quite an odd book, that one, isn't it? Very odd. Yeah. I kind of really liked it, and it was a bit weird, and we went off on a really odd tangent, which was partially of my own making and partially to cover the fact that we had to do some one-on-one stuff with people. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't know how it'll come out in the end. I mean, I don't know what that what the party will sound like. I think if it had ended in a big fight, it would have been <laughs> okay, that book. 
just think the role play went yeah. on a bit. But if there had been a big fight yeah. at the end, like the Yugostasto would have been. Well, that's kind of what I was expecting. End. I did have an idea that was going to go in, and then I decided against it. Yeah. Okay. Which was that somebody was going to try and assassinate Zeech by swapping all the food for mimics so that in the middle of the banquet <laughs> he would have like a chicken leg in his hand and it would try to fight his face off and then all the cakes and everything would start jumping up and there'd be a massive fight and i just thought I can't be that would have been quite fun yeah well there we go it's also a really bridgy kind of adventure in terms of the story you can see what they're doing well i can see what they're doing yeah they're trying to take you from one phase of the adventure to another phase of the adventure i think the other thing though is the plot development and stuff for us needs to be quite on the nose otherwise we don't pick up on it i have good news yeah. in the, on that score excellent that movement from one phase to another phase mm. depending upon how things go in the next session or so maybe even less actually i think it's going to be like okay you can draw a line under a lot of this here is a much more sort of distilled straightforward thing for you to be up to let's go and do that thing yeah and we'll see whether or not you actually do that thing i did put a thing on twitter yes it's, it's the enemy that. of my enemy funny the shauna the enemy of my enemy the time for roleplay is over. The time for being told where to yeah. go and then going there and killing things has begun. <laughs> okay, but we have to. We do have to go back to... Yeah, I know, I know. Even stuff. Stuff. Eventually. What do you mean eventually? I've got to pick up my breastplate. No, we left things yes, with you sitting in, in Lashona's like study. Yeah, so when I mean eventually, I mean we're going to do a little bit okay. and then you can do what you want. Okay. So I thought it was good. I thought that there were an awful lot of characters yeah. that you had to kind of interact with and there's an awful lot of open-ended new threads and new things so i do wonder well i, I did like the flavor of the city i just think it was a bit too long yeah I, you know some of the, some of the encounters within the city it was kind of interesting and varied just could have been yeah could have been briefer the way it's laid out it's very free form yeah and basically you've got a kind of countdown to the gala yeah and in that time if you start wondering about with the stuff you get from rabadabadass you can find Ilthane and the island of oh, Ilthane's lair. Do you know him? No. Oh. And you can find the crypt with the uh, aspect of the Airborne Triad in it. Yeah. Yes. And the secret thing and the, the ledger with the names of the Airborne Triad crossed off. But it's difficult, from experience of those kinds yeah. of things, it's difficult to chivy them along because you don't you yeah, want to yeah, give yeah. people opportunity of finding these things and encountering these things at a logical pace. Yeah. And you don't want to kind of force it. So, yeah, I, it's tricky. You don't Good want to go fight scenes, so This is what you need. Mm. Now let's start the party. Mm. The other thing is it's about authority points, and it's about establishing a set of expectations about how the city works and what the party's going to be for. Hence, characters like the uh, Crush, yes. who is there to kind of show you that there's a sort of a lot of one-upmanship and an opportunity to sort of build up your reputation and that that's what this is all pointing towards. Yeah, It is interesting. Which we but- didn't do. <laughs> Well, you did pretty well. <laughs> Let's talk about authority points. Do you, Lucas, you've been keeping a note. Yes. Do you know I how many eight. people have got? I have right. eight. Well, eight. Most sounds... other people should have eight because effectively yeah. we got sort of a bunch of like six together and then everybody mm. sort of did one thing extra. Yeah, I got eight. Yeah. I thought we had eight. I've got seven written down though. That's probably I true. Yeah, yeah, six. A couple of people didn't do extra things. Hmm. Burple got one, I for, got one the, for defeating the Zeech. battle. Yeah, and I got yeah, one and for... And an extra one for eating the, the dish of purple worm, which we didn't all do. Oh, yeah, I didn't do and that. And I think Burple also got one for a, a battle of the bards or something, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Something along those lines. The bowling? Didn't I get one for the bowling? Authority points and their role and the significance and how many you need. 
they don't tell you anything. I just don't know whether or not eight is a lot or eight is an absolutely laughably small number. Right. They just tell you that you hand them out and they're going to be significant later. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. <laughs> don't give <laughs> the story no away. I'm not giving the story away. I'm literally telling you that I don't know the story. I can't give it away. <laughs> right. I don't know what's going to happen. I know, but you're spoiling some of the, um, I don't know. There's no fun for me if I knew everything. Also, I've got a feeling that if I knew everything that was going to happen, I would be very tempted to radically cut it back. Mike Hibbert, who is a regular reader mm. and sent in Fitbin as his expletive <laughs> via email, tells me that it gets very, well, very Pizoe, very high level Pizoe later on. And so we're just going to see as we go. Anyway, you spoke to Smebadu Upagli, and by the end, Lucas was almost able to pronounce her name correctly. You didn't really talk to Zeech very much. No, which was... <laughs> then there's these other little loose ends. There's Mahudril, who might be Mother Maggot. Well, I've offered, I've offered Zeech private lessons. <laughs> the loot that turned out... No, it is a loot. It is a loot. But your other thing is a mandolin. Yes. Yeah. Isn't it? It's not a loot. Yeah. yeah. How many musical instruments are you carrying? Um, I think I'm also carrying a flute, but other than that... You haven't got like a bass drum on your back, but like... <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> strings. Yeah. Yeah, I go... <laughs> doom, doom, doom. Stealth at disadvantage. <laughs> and a kazoo <laughs> in front of his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. If anybody's going to have a zoo in front of his mouth, Lucas, it's my favourite player, mm. Dan. Kazoo. Readers, uh, we're just chatting away about the last adventure, and I'm here with uh, Lucas, Master of Arachnology... Mysterious Graham. Hello. Corpulent Johnny. Good evening. Favourite player, Dan. And uh, chattering away, his little diodes sparkling like Christmas lights. Yes. Paul. Recently polished. Oh, nice. So that was it. Also, we're two-thirds of the way through the whole thing. Which wow. Which is quite scary. Only two-thirds. Two <laughs> oh, my well, yeah. God. Well, it's an absolute monster. But again, picking up from Mike Hippert, it speeds up towards the end. I think you kind of cut a lot of stuff out. I don't think there are, are extended role-play bits like we've just had. So, Lashana? Yeah, Lashana. She is sitting, observing you. She has gestured you to a little semicircle of chairs. The fire is burning in the hearth. The hearth spirit of Mistful Banner is glistening and silvery. And she raises the subject of the Age of Worms. That's for now. She starts by handing you a set of scraps of what looked like further notes from a rabba dabba das. Uh-huh. Let me share those notes with you now. Journal um, fragments. Connection is through a Scalio tool, is it? Oh, Scalio knows, uh, yeah. You've got three paragraphs there. Readers, we're looking at three paragraphs of script. Each paragraph represents a different scrap. They've just stuck it all got it. on one piece of paper. Yeah. Lashana is giving you the impression that she would like you to digest this information and then you should talk. So why doesn't somebody take you through these three scraps? Paragraph one. It is as I suspected. The ancient undead dragon, Dragotha, is the herald of Kios. He was granted his unlife by the worm god well over 15 centuries ago after he found the monolith in Kuluthmar and brought it to his lair in the Rift Canyon. When Dragotha was slain by Tiamat, Kios repaid him with the gift of undeath, and in so doing, bound him eternally to his will. Okay, Paragraph so... Two. Wait a second, so after he found the monolith in Kulath Mar... So we went there, yeah? Yes, but the monolith is 
in the Rift Canyon. Where's the Rift Canyon? He brought it to his lair in the Rift Canyon. Yeah. We didn't see the monolith when we went there, did we? No, but you did see a vision. We saw the vision. Uh, with and Kulath Mar of the monolith and Kios trying to ascend to godhood and at the last instant being trapped within this monolith. Yeah. And another vision you saw, I think part of the final vision you saw, was of a red dragon yeah. grabbing the monolith from the top of the Spire of Long Shadows and flying away. Right. Okay. We'll talk about the Rift Canyon in a minute. The rite they performed obscured Drakotha's phylactery from thought, history, and sight, as if it never existed at all. But the Order of the Storm were no fools. They suspected Kyrus would one day rise again and that his worms would learn to walk once more. Walk? Worms don't walk. The Order of the Storm, do we know who they are? Have we come across them? No, again, well, let's pick that up in a, in a tick. Okay. Is that not the, your, um, the thing you're related to? Uh, the Wind Jigs. Yeah. Ah, maybe. Ah, could be another name for the Wind Jigs. Jogotha's presence in the world has been quiet for the last several ages. The loss of his phylactery 1,500 years ago left him a coward. Yet my research proves he stirs from his long sleep, that he now intends to waken Kios after all this time. Why now? What has changed? I fear that a journey to the worm crawl fissure to confront the Draco Lich is my only remaining option. There you okay. go. So that sounds three like a story then. Task, isn't it? All right. So Rabadabadas has gone to the Rift Canyon. I'm assuming that's the same thing as the worm crawl fissure. Mm-hmm. Lashana nods in acknowledgement of your deductive power. <laughs> <laughs> I say to her, "Do you know where it is? The Rift Canyon." Well, yes, it's to the north. It's in the wildernesses to the north. But this, I do not think, should concern you yet. Okay. Why not? We need to find the the location of the phylactery of Dragotha. Oh, okay. You have heard the name Dragotha before. It came up in relation to Ilthane, as in Mm. Ilthane was a, I don't know, a servant. Yes. An agent of a greater dragon. Dragotha. Mm-hmm. could you give me a perception check, please? A perception check, eh? A perception I've, check, that's right. I very much doubt it. Let's see well, what we'll happens. See, we'll see. A six. Okay. You see? Do I use my ought dice, do you think, guys? If you do, because we've reached the end of book eight, and we're two-thirds of the way through, you add a d10, not d d8. What? I think it's worth it. It takes Actually. you up, Lucas, by just a single point of bonus. Average on a D8 is four and a half. Average mm. on a D10 is five and a half. And I think rolling the bonus up by one. Lots of failed saving throws recently, I've noticed. Yeah. As the DCs roll up and the bounded accuracy makes life for you more difficult while other things get scarier. Certainly the really nasty stuff gets scarier. I think giving you another point seems about right and i've had a conversation or two with some other people on twitter and social media about how to calibrate it there was a discussion about 2d4 which effectively would have meant that you'd had a floor Mm -hmm. of plus two which is quite groovy Mm -hmm. and an average of five so it would have lifted you up by a half point on average and it would have given you a floor level but i think you want that capacity to be able to get to a really high number from time to time so d10 so 2d6 all right i'm gonna do my alt dice i think on that one uh Okay. I was just what? thinking, Yeah. Okay. you know, we're talking about worms and there's these dragons. Worm is another word word for a dragon, isn't it? Yeah, usually spelled with a Y. There. Yeah, but I think, think... reaching. Okay. Right, I'm going to run my just uh, thought. perception again. Yep. Oh, for fuck's sake. Well, uh, roll your d10. <laughs> 
And that makes a one going to fail anyway, isn't it? And a six and a seven. Okay. Yeah, okay, fine. Well, there we are. Just power of ought cannot help you. No, it's just that's where I've been rolling for the last couple of sessions and anything. Yeah, maybe he's just going to get rollouts of the. I need to get that pre-rolled dice in the cradle. Yes, you do. From yeah, the did we work. get sent that in the end? Quite expensive, wasn't it? Yeah. Also, pretend. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I think it was a bit of a. Anyway, let's go back to Lashana. Wait a minute, Johnny. I've got a pre-rolled dice. Do you want to buy it off me? <laughs> you know that was coming. My brain was Depends how way. many times you rolled it. Obviously, I've rolled it a thousand times. It's never hit a twenty. I'm not going rubbish. <laughs> never got above a seven. You always overpitch things. I'm not falling for that. I've got a d20, Johnny, that I've just rolled eleven times and not got a number over six. Okay. You want it? What's your offer? Forty quid. You have to come nah, pick it up. Far though. Too much. Otherwise, you don't know that it won't get tipped over. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> Lashana. Yes. So the Rift Canyon. Do you remember? Have you got? Do have you got a world remember? map? Can we see the world map? No. Oh. Uh, <laughs> we nice. haven't. Well, well, you've got a continent map, haven't you? You've got, because I've got the flu the and I'm really busy, and oh, I wasn't going to get into it. Okay. North of where you are, can't be bothered. In the wildlands, the Red Hand wildlands that stretch north from Frosthanger into the cold wastes. It's only man flu. There is a feature called the Rift Canyon. There is a tavern in town called the Angry Rifter with a mannequin of a rift plunderer rappelling down the side of the tavern on a rope in honour of the fact that there are people who make their living by heading out into the wilderness to the Rift Canyon. And a little bit like the Cairns in the Cairn Hills, the Rift Canyon is another as yet unexploited Wild West. resource, potentially. Yes, you are right, Burple. Lashona says the worm crawl fissure is a spur accessed from the greater rift canyon that she believes is the location of Dragotha. And Dragotha was the red dragon that brought Chios from Kuluthmar. The legend, oh. she says, is that Dragotha was slain by his mistress, Tiamat. He was meant to be one of the lovers of Tiamat. She says, that is not true. I know that Dragotha was slain by my master, Bahamut, that you would also know, Scaly, as Beermat. That is how his name has passed down to your people. Yes. And she just leans into the light a bit. And the thing that you failed to see earlier, Scaly, that I now, in a moment of generosity, mate. Largesse. Now you've burnt your ought dice. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) She is wearing this giant onyx bauble, a pendant. But beneath that, there's like a almost like a dog tank, like a disc on a piece of leather, and that bears the emblem of beer mat, Scaly. Ah, she's a fellow mm. beer matian. pint jug and cigar. And Bahamut and ah. beer mat are obviously the same. They share the same uh, whatever it is. I see it, and I light up a cigar in honour. She says, oh, if you, when she starts putting her in her stuff, pulls out a packet of fags. She says, you've got a light... <laughs> I go, yeah, there you go. Ask her if she thinks the Order of the Storm refers to the Windjukes. No, the Order of the Storm is an ancient order of druids. Ah. She knows of the Windjukes. The Order of the well, Storm... Sorry, can I just can I just interject? How does she reconcile Beermat and the Ebon Triad, being that she's with Zeech? Uh, not the Ebon Triad, the, the Grey Woodsman and the rest of them. She looks at you and she says, Gaily, you're a lovely fellow. <laughs> He's not that bright. But... 
you appear to be the victim of a rather serious misunderstanding about me and Zeech and everything. Okay. Shall I let you peer into my true nature, Scaly? Yes. She meets eyes with you. Can you give me a will save, please, Scaly? DC. Well, we'll worry about that in a moment. Yeah, it's not going to be rolling rubbish. It's going to be terrible. Oh, 26. My God. You aren't bowled over. You can peer into her inner being and understand her true nature. Would you like to share that with the rest of the group, or would you like to talk about it in the cupboard of the broom? I shall share it. She is an ancient silver dragon. I was just about to say that. Yes, you were. She should be a dragon. I was about to say she was a dragon. Ah. Her shutters go back up. You can no longer perceive her nature. It's like she's elected to let you in. Yeah. I have no interest to support love or affection for the Grey Woodsman, for Ban Shivu, the Northern Barbaric Fools. What are your thoughts on Marcus Doombringer and Hesty Testapod? Hesty who? I reckon they're dragons as well. I've never heard of Hesty Testapod, but I do like the name. <laughs> Marcus? He's a strange collection of um, entities, Marcus, but you can trust him. I have been aware for a while that you have visiting on his, as it were, instruction, guidance. Rabadabadas was part of Marcus's order. I mean, we're all connected. Zeech is a vain, venal, cowardly, controlling man. Respects the question how he came to power. <laughs> well, by killing his brother, for starters. Right. He is and was once a very valiant warrior, and he's a very sharp political operator. But he, his nature is that he is the wrong person to be in power. He has the personality and the um, guile to seize it, but entirely the wrong personality to, uh, but to use But then why it. why was his banquet so poorly attended? What did he do to piss everybody off so much? What, apart from murdering? The power everyone? of Frostanger is waning. The people that didn't attend are the ambassadors of all of the various lands around us. This territory all used to be ruled by Frostanger. It's now split into myriad pieces. And Zeech would like to bring everybody together he still feels he's still deluded into believing that he is the real power in the area he's really not anymore and i think that these people just felt that it was a very long journey to go and pay fealty to somebody that they're not particularly interested in paying fealty to that's the horrible truth that he is trying to reconcile himself with okay okay it suits my purposes that people think that he and i are involved and that i am a supporter of his because it helps me get my work done here specifically in trying to track down the servants of Chios and prevent the Age of Worms. What that has meant for me has been tracking down the Ebon Triad. It is only really since Rabadabadas was last year, 16 years ago, which is when we lost you, Scaly. Mm. It's really only since then that we fully understood the nature of the Ebon Triad, and just quite how it was a fiction, a confection, yeah. something that has just summoned like smoke out of nowhere in order to mask Chios and his servants. So tell us, how do you think we best find the phylactery? Well, why don't you let Mike read you a bit of box text that he's been sitting okay. looking at yeah. for the last half an hour? <laughs> okay, why don't you do that? Well, it seems obvious that Dragotha intends to release Chios from his prison mm-hmm. and in doing so, usher in the Age of Worms. And the solution seems obvious. A king without his commander is powerless. This is my view. It's taken Dragotha nearly 1,500 years to reach this point. Remove him now and it will certainly be centuries before anything has a chance to release the Worm God again. Now, right. of course, one cannot simply waltz into a lich's lair, kill him, and be done with it. Dragotha may not know where his phylactery is, but that doesn't mean it's useless to him. Destroying him before you destroy his phylactery 
is as good as finding it and handing it over to him. For if he is destroyed, he will learn of its location mm. as he is brought back into one life. So your first order of business should be to find his phylactery and destroy it. And okay. that is where it gets complicated. Uh, yeah. DM reassurance. It's not that complicated. <laughs> I have no idea where it may be hidden. And obviously, neither does Dragotha. And that is a good thing. Certainly, his doubt to its location is the main reason he hasn't tried to simply destroy himself as a desperate way to discover its location. Rabadabadass left for the worm crawl fisher against my advice, intending to learn more about Dragotha, and he never returned. That was 16 years ago. But at least he had the foresight to leave his journal fragments with me. She indicates the little scraps that you've just been reading. His journal and his disappearance have become something of a minor obsession of mine, I must confess. I've spent the last 16 years on and off studying the lore of Chios, of Dragotha, and associated matters. And while I haven't managed to determine where Dragotha's phylactery is hidden, I do believe I know where the information might be found. Mm-hmm. As Rabadabadas mm-hmm. mentions in his journal, the Age of Worms and Chios's resurrection were stopped 15 centuries ago by the Order of the Storm. Historians believe that the Order died out not long after this victory, hunted down and destroyed by the last surviving members of the cult of Chios. These records are incorrect. The Order instead retreated to their stronghold on a remote island in the Lake of the Cold Sky called Telagos. At this point, a giant arrow comes down from the sky, starts pointing to where you're going next. On this (laughs) island, there is a library of sorts, a repository of the Order's lore has been sought for centuries by wizards, scholars, and explorers. For it is said to be filled with hundreds of years of history, memories, dreams, and of course, magic items, secrets. Secrets are so valuable, aren't they, my darlings? It seems the longer they are kept, the more they are worth. If a written account of the secret of what happened to Dragotha's phylactery exists, it must certainly be there. Okay. I know where it is. Who said that? She looks around. Sorry. And she looks down. Sorry. I pick up Bugger off and I put him on the table. Where is it, Puggy? Well, there are two themes. The phylactery is on the planet, the hidden planet. She looks at Buggy as if <laughs> just completely insane. And she says, a, a planet? Uh, <laughs> Bale of hay. <laughs> Parker. Parker. I can explain the orrery to her. You've interrupted my box for... text, so you better have yeah. a good explanation. Perhaps we should listen to the box text before we jump in. Yeah, let's listen to the rest of the box text, and then I'll tell you about the aura. Oh, shall I continue with my box text? Yes. Please. Is it in bold? It's in a box. Of course there are complications. There always are. Before they built this library, the Order of the Storm, Druids, drove a lasting bargain with primal elemental forces. They sacrificed their lives. Many Bothans died. To whisk the island's interior off the material plane. In its place is a barren rock surrounded by an ever-raging storm of such intensity that all magic is blind to it. Ships that approach within 10 miles are invariably lost. The island itself appears on no maps, but the stories hint that the druids left a way for those in need to reach their secrets while at the same time warding the place away from the prying eyes of Chios's undead fanatics. Mm. Worse, I'm afraid, others have learned this as well in part as an unfortunate result of my own research. I have a fair amount of competition in the arena of gathering and keeping secrets, and invariably word gets out that I've made a discovery. My enemies are always quick to nip at my heels. I speak in particular of a simpering dog of a man named Heskin who once served me. Uh 
I'm afraid Heskin has been wooed from my side with promises of wealth and power, and has taken word of this discovery to a disreputable man indeed, a powerful priest of Asmodee. She says that word with genuine disgust. Named Dal Quethos. Sounds like a Sith Lord. Darth Maul. Dal what, sorry? Quethos. Dal Quethos. Now, let's. You refer to a planet. Yeah, no, let's, Which let's one? just skip that. Where's this island? Workerby, Satnav, Marks, Myanus. No, it's the hidden one. The, Half, the, the tenth one. Super T. The tenth one, no. Genius. Uh, can't remember the name. Cats and Gemma. Cats, Cats and Gemma. Gemma. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nothing I have learned over all my years, and certainly my understanding of Rabadabba Das's view. Cats and Gemma is just a myth. Surely. Well, we can explain that whole so, thing in the, uh, in the caverns and the red blade. She listens to your story with interest, and you can tell that her confidence is shaken by what you tell her. And she says, I must investigate further. I show her the orrery. Her eyes brighten in wonder. And I explain that we believe that there is a missing piece of mechanism which would indicate the position of another celestial object yes, in yes. this or- orrery. She peers closely at it and then kind of we looks don't know up at where you all. the pieces are. You think it can be adapted yes that's our belief this is a wonder this object this device show me how does it operate oh it's so moving. i show her that you can wind it on and stuff well i never did the um, metal workers that paul went to be able to say they could fix it i couldn't remember they could confirm that it looked like it could be adapted or adjusted but that it was beyond yeah. their powers to actually do so and they don't have the bits either which is another reason why I think it's time for me to go to visit Isenfen in the monastery. Well, You're from that... the Twilight Monastery, are you not, Parker? That's true. Isenfen is a, a strong ally against the forces of Chaos and Darkness. She hasn't been much help so far. Well, yeah. She laughs. <laughs> Isenfen works in the shadows. In mysterious um, ways. Literally, in most cases. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Would you like to have a look at Heskin and his new friends? Go on, then. She yeah. produces a small lock of hair tied with a gold wire on a fine gold chain from inside her, I don't know. Can anybody, by the way, smell something rather unpleasant? She that's, sort of starts... Sorry, that's, sorry, that's, that's, that's Bugroft. <laughs> sorry. Oh, it is the little person. It's yeah. sm- sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Have you got <laughs> some food in your jacket, she says. Ever. <laughs> no. That smells of the third course. <laughs> Oh, uh, yes. Sessions. Sessions was piling cheese in his pockets or something, wasn't he? No, but you, you were hiding, cramming you were hiding your, your meals. <laughs> Making sleight of hand checks all the way through. Oh. You've got a giant green worm, a slice of 4 and 20 blackburn pie, the, the thing that's made out of a turtle and a sturge and an axe beacon or whatever. God. I procured this bit of hair from Heskin's barber. It's always useful to have a little trace of people, just in case you need to keep a tag on their plans. Smiles at you, Burple. She walks over to her desk and she opens a drawer and she takes out a scroll. She reads the scroll. She has obviously cast some kind of scrying spell. Mm -hmm. And a vision, a tumultuous scene, fades into view in the middle of the room for all to observe. Along with the howling sound of an oceanic tempest. The image clears to show a deathly pale man lashed to a ship's mast with several coils of rope. Although details beyond a ten-foot radius around Heskin, for it is Heskin, are hazy and unclear, it's obvious that the ship is caught in a tremendous storm. The decks are awash in foamy water. 
waves and driving sheets of rain torment the terrified man. Sounds of gruff sailors shouting commands and curses in orc can be heard under the raging tumult of the storm. And now and then frantic orc sailors move quickly into view and then back into obscurity as they busy themselves at securing the ship. At one point, two lithe cloaked figures drop to the deck from the rigging on either side of Heskin. They are identically dressed in tightly wrapped silken scarves and black cloaks and have small devilish horns sprouting from their heads. The cloaked figures the spare condescending glances at Heskin, their eyes glowing faintly with infernal fire before they move out of sight towards the ship's unseen bow. Soon thereafter, a blazing, red-skinned humanoid with an immense, bulging frame strides almost casually through the scene. The rain sizzles into steam as it strikes his burning skin. As he reaches Heskin, he looks down at the man and then looks towards the bow, crying out, Dah! It looks like your pet might be taking on water! With that, the creature explodes into a tremendous belly laugh. Why do bad... Anyway, <laughs> a few moments later, another two figures step into view. The smaller of the two is a shifty-eyed humanoid bird who wears a hooded cloak and carries a repeating crossbow. The other is a towering man, clothed in flowing blue robes trimmed with eye designs. His cowl protects his face from the wind, and his hands are obscured by long, rain-soaked sleeves. He squats before Heskin and speaks to him in a low voice. Only a few hours more, Heskin, and we shall see if you live or die. Suddenly, the blue-robed man's head whips round to look directly into the scrying sensor. His face is pale but commanding, and twists into a snarl as he stands. It seems we have guests, my friend perhaps allies of this cur. He turns back to the bound man, and as he does, he pulls back his left sleeve, revealing a rotten, black-nailed appendage that seems to uh, writhe and twitch uh, with its own life. We can't have your friends watching us, so it seems your journey comes to an early end, Heskin. The putrid hand unfurls and reaches out to caress Heskin's brow. Heskin shrieks in mortal pain as the fingertip freezes the skin it touches into an angry black scar. The blue-robed man then gestures at Heskin, holds the blackened hand out palm upwards towards him, and utters a single unintelligible word. Heskin's eyes bulge, the cords in his neck throb, he screams and his chest bursts open, and from it, leaps his heart straight into the palm of the black hand where it decays and necrotizes in front of his dying eyes. He slumps dead. The scrying link is broken and the image fades from view. What a lovely man. Mm. Cool. Isn't that an Arden Grimoire spell that summoned your heart? Necromican. Necromican. Actually, thinking about it, that unintelligible word may have been something like Dothamun. Okay, and this hand, is that the hand of Vecna? The hand of Veshna is the ancient name oh, of Asmodee, or the hand of Asmodee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It very much resembles the animated hand that you did battle with in the crypt. Hmm. But this is the real thing. Right, so... The real thing. They don't look trivial. Mm. At the end of the Spire of Long Shadows, one of the visions that you had featured a cackling figure with a withered hand. And it is the same man. Right. Lashana seems a little bit shaken by that. Mm. She looks at you and she says, The hand of Asmodee. Mm. Mm. Heskin was a traitor, but 
that was a terrible fate. The hand of Veshna was one of the prophecies. I know of few in this world who are equal to the task of finding the library of last resort on Telagos Island, and thence the location of Dragotha's phylactery. And that's where these guys seem to be heading. Yes, and it seems to me that you are the people to help us prevent the Age of Worms. Okay, what's it worth? (laughs) (laughs) What will you pay us? There's been a misunderstanding. Mm. And she turns into an ancient silver dragon. Yeah, and slays the lot. (laughs) Excellent. You are the heroes we need. Yes, okay, so where's this island? In the middle of the lake It is to the east. Mm. Marcus may be more used to you in this respect than I can be. You also need a means of getting there. We have a submarine. The Crimson Spot Cockter. Yeah. It is possible that it would carry you under the storm. Yes. That's what I was thinking. It's almost like it's been put there. Uh. Books in advance. (laughs) All right. So (laughs) anything else we need to know? We're not in a great hurry, are we? Well, I want to go get my breastplate. Moves ever closer and moves rapidly. Well, they're they're on their way to the island. We've got a couple of days to get our magic. (laughs) (laughs) These fiends will be at the island presently if they reach it alive. The Wheel of Days turns for the time being. The march of Kiosk gets ever closer. Wheel of Days. Time being. Not now, Scaly. Where is the Crimson Spot Cockter at the moment? Is it back at Marcus's tower? Or is it here? Do you have any magical items that you can give us (laughs) to assist us in our quest? No. (laughs) Do you have any means of instant transportation? Teleport, but I believe that the island is shielded from all magic. Uh, Yes, but you could teleport us to Evenstar. Yes, I should be able to do that. And then we can make our way from there. You have business there. Yes. Yes. Is it to do with... Magic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shopping. 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 Oh, well, shopping is fine. (laughs) Do your shopping. Yeah. Retail therapy. Rendezvous with Marcus, but the greatest dispatch is what is required. Mm -hmm. Well, it's tomorrow, isn't it, that we get the magic, the the remaining items? Let's say it's midnight on Asthma Day. Mm. Tomorrow is Urt, and the day after is Moon Day, and that's when you get your magic. Moon Day. Okay. Yeah, but we can roll, you know, we don't need to get into all the detail of that. Anyway, there we are. If you have no other questions for me, I bid you good luck. Should we go and check out this other inn? Sounds like it. Doesn't that sound like that's the next bit? Um, First of all, we need to go... Yeah, she says, I think that sounds like it's the next bit, Burple. Yeah, that's the next book. Okay, well, we'll be back then. (laughs) (laughs) I think that might be book 10, Burple. I'm not sure. Yeah, (laughs) I understand. What do you want to do? She is more than happy to keep passing the sherry around and... She's got loads of fags. Or I could send you to even star now. Yes, why don't we do that? Yeah. Yes. Let's get the magic I've got bit to go finished. I've got to go and pick up my she stuff. She gathers you together like you're having your photo taken. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to even no. stuff. Why not? I've got to go and pick up my weapon, which is other deluxury. <sighs> what, when? What's your weapon? Well, I can do it now. Well, okay, well, we'll, we'll hang around. Do you around. know when we'll you go on holiday sherry. with people and one of them yes. is always like... Yes. Oh, I left my thing at the hotel... I left it there because of the banquet. Don't blame me. Whereas everyone else had their stuff in the bags of holding, the portable yeah. hole. I'll recover my gonna... swords and I will put them in their scabbards and I will look witheringly and say, well, go on then. It's all right. You're, you're welcome. Go on then. Go and get your <laughs> bloody weapon. Yeah. So he, he goes well, off. Have go, we left anything in the, as well. in the inn? <sighs> we okay, haven't left anything down, in the Ogre's And we'll, uh, we'll have some sherry and cheese. While we wait, your coach and is at partner. my disposal. My sorry, my coach is <laughs> yeah, at your disposal. At your disposal. <laughs> yeah, thanks very much. We'll take it. I'm going to dispose of your coach right now. While we're waiting, do any means to increase the intelligence of my pet? 
I don't know that I do. Um, there is a spell that does that. I'm sure there's a spell. Yeah, I mean, there's enhances. danger if you increase the intelligence of your pets. He'll actually be more intelligent than you. Just when yeah. I'm a little bit more intelligent, I'll take out Cheese and that... introduce him to her. Oh, she says. She bites his head off. Oh. <laughs> Spits the head Delicacy. Out. She says, I don't oh, like the eyes and not... the brain. And then she eats the rest of it. And then uses the tail to floss. <laughs> bit harsh. That's a bit harsh. She actually... Yeah, fine. She's, she humours Cheeseman. I mean, it's a rat. She's a little bit like, ooh. But she's accepting of it. All right. You can't enhance this intelligence. Okay. Never mind. Let me have a look and see what she can do. It's all right. Don't worry. Lashana. Powerful as I thought. <laughs> Let's look up Lashana. She is a terrifying thing. Probably a limited wish or something, I would have thought. Yes. Which is not necessarily beyond her. I'm just trying to find the right bit. It's all 3.5, you see this thing. Yeah, they don't give you much detail. I don't have that detail in front of me. Okay. Johnny. Don't Where are you trying to head with this intelligence? I'll just give him a bit more intelligence so he's a bit more of a useful scout. Right. But, anyway. I think you need a limited wish. Yeah. Probably says you can... That's not that good. Duplicate any spell... Of what level? Varies on whether you know the school or not. I think um, Awaken would do it. It's a spell. That's oh, there a we go. Spell. What is that? What level is that? Fifth level druid spell, I think. Might be Bard as well. Okay, she hasn't got druid spells. And I don't have that spell. Eight hours, huge, smaller piece. In... Oh, yeah, that's cool. That's the one I need. Tonight's beer is Night Nurse, which I find has got a bit of a kick early on, but after the second pint. Yeah. Okay, so, Scaly, you head off. You go back to the Deluxury. You grab your giant chopper. You return to Lashana, Miss Wall yes. Manor. Lashana sends yep. you all to Evenstar, to where? Wherever she knows. Let's say she sticks you in the one of the gates, Mountain Gate. Okay. It's midnight. You can make your way through Evenstar's Spring Night Streets. And the casino, of course. Oh, the piles of probability in Lara, the casino is running. And why don't we just not get into dice rolls and stuff? Not sure that Fortuna will be there, but Kesia will be there. The halfling that you first encountered when you first teleported there. She organizes you somewhere to stay. You can hang out in Evenstar for 36 hours. And it's Moonday morning, at which point your items are delivered. Awesome. What are we getting? Oh, I've got the list somewhere, haven't I? Plus two breastplate. And a plus two breastplate so for sessions. A staff of striking. Potions of speed for me. That's it. Your business is concluded. If you crossed off the money, I think you've already done it already. I think yeah. we had to. I want to sell my, my old breastplate. Yeah, yep. so we sell, sell those. Half yep. price, is that right? Yep. How much yep. is the plus one breastplate? Oh, God. <laughs> 1,500 plus the price of the breastplate, which I haven't got in front of me. Divide it by two and you get that cash. Okie dokie. Tidy all that up with the accountancy. Uh, <laughs> so what's what's the next bit now? We're getting the spot doctor, whatever it's called. Where next? Marcus, the monastery. What do you want to do? Monastery. Oh, Lucas keeps wanting to go, yeah. I would say monastery, then Marcus, and then we get on the crimson spot Why do you want to try and find this island? Is that Monastery is problematic, though. What is it about the monastery? So I believe that children are a future at the monastery Digital I think that Isenfen the is <laughs> likely to maybe A have some information about this tenth planet and uh, B she may have information about how we repair the uh, the orrery and I'm wondering whether there's 
any chance of now that we come with all this information and that we understand that she's an ally in the fight against the Asia worms, then maybe we might actually be able to look in the sensor officially. Because Parker's original story is that he looked in the sensor basically because one of his jobs was to keep it clean and try and keep it clean. Yeah. He basically got a, a look into it without actually really having permission to use it. Which was his original vision of Cuthbert. This is years ago now. <laughs> this is crazy. So I'm wondering whether if we explain to Isn't Fen the situation that she will actually yeah, maybe there is something to be gained by actually using the the sensor. It'll cost us a day. Yeah, it will. Well, sorry, why are we doing that now? If it seems that our next quest is to basically have a fight on this island or whatever, we could conceivably go to the monastery afterwards. Yeah, let's go afterwards. I assume it's oh. also dependent upon what Mike has prepared, doing a bit and of also, gaming. I'm, I'm in control of the spell, and I say we go to Marcus's. I haven't prepared anything. All right, are we all ready? Graham. <laughs> Graham, by the way, readers are sitting here assembling a spiky monster as we play, which is quite cool. That sounds like a euphemism. A, a figure. A figurine. Which, um, a mini. We will post... A mini. We will post a picture of it in our social channels. As for what I've got prepared, Lucas, I mean, you know, none, nothing. Absolutely nothing. So, right. wherever you go, it's going to be a total farce. So, we're going to head off to Marcus's island. Okay. You appear within Marcus's lake bed lair. He's asleep. Lair He's is... always asleep. We don't need him, do we? just need Bondi to drive us in the spot cock. Silent. There's no sign of Elegos. There's no sign of Agath of Thrunch. The only thing that seems to be awake is one of Marcus's wits. Its heavy-lidded, goblinoid eyes drift open as it sits on the corner of the desk as you arrive. It says, I wouldn't wake him up if I were sleeping. Must give him to have some rest. What brings you here? We need to borrow the spot cockter. We need to find Bondi. One moment. He hops down off the desk. He pads across to the teleportation circle in the centre and disappears up through the ceiling. Ten minutes later, he returns with a frowsy-looking, slightly irritated-looking Bondi. Where are we going? Well, the little wit tosses her a set of keys. He says, Not a mark on it, please. And she walks across one of the bridges in the lair towards one of the giant windows, the window that dissolves to reveal the sub-pen within which the Crimson Spockhopter is berthed. You could board down the hatch into the control room. She spins up all of its various wheezing pipes and pressure machines and propulsion and whatever. You can assume your stations. You assume the same stations as you had before. There's the orb of sight and the orb of Whatever. deflection. Uh, We're a different uh, never group really of people this than before. Because yeah, you had um, Alessandra then. Yeah. Yes. The wit. There's a brief conversation with Bondi before you depart, you presume, giving her some coordinates. And off you go. Are we going to have a... The Crimson Spockhockter descends and starts its long, dark journey across submarine combat. And you haven't been going long before. No, not really. We're not going to do it. <laughs> Definitely not Jesus. doing that. The journey takes... Let's have a look now. Where is our map? The uh, Eternal Storm Ooh. is marked on... Oh, I see. Yeah. See that? The swirly vortex thing. I think it's more mythic and exciting and fantasy if we call it the Eternal Storm, but... Yeah. Swirly vortex thing, fine. 
It is 32 miles. I think we've established that that is basically a day's journey. Good, get my spell back. Assuming that you return to Markush mid-morning on the moon day. Mm-hmm. I think that as you reach early evening, Bondi says that she can detect turbulence and you get the definite sense that you're travelling under the storm. Okay. At a certain point, she looks up and she says, I think we're through it, at least the worst of it. And you start to ascend. You surface in a bay. Let me put you on a new map. Ooh, a new map. A new shit. Ask a really stupid question. Map. Go on. Yep. No. So on the <laughs> so about Dragotha, the rite they performed obscured Dragotha's phylactery from thought, history, and sight, as if it never existed at all. Blah blah blah. blah. And then it said the loss of his phylactery fifteen hundred years ago left him a coward. Mm-hmm. But then you said earlier on that one of the things we wouldn't want to do is kill him because that way he would get back to his being a lich. Find out. Yeah. Find which, out where which, it was. You would find out where it was. If I was Dragotha, wouldn't that be the point at which I would just slit my throat and then die and then come back ten days later when I'm a lich and know where my phylactery is? It just doesn't... I don't know. It's just not logical. Mike's already covered Um, that. Did he? Well, I... Yeah. I didn't understand it. It's an extremely good question. Such a good question, in fact, that they actually call it out in the book as a question that players may ask. Uh Uh-huh. And the answer they give is... Don't be so silly. <laughs> if he could be sure that such a gambit would be successful, he would certainly have done so. But since he hasn't, it's fair to assume he believes that doing so would be like walking into a trap. He's no fool. He would expect that if the Order of the Storm went through the trouble to steal his phylactery and do such a good job hiding it mm-hmm. that they'd have something ready in case he tried something as desperate as self-destruction. Lashana's voice wafts through the submarine. Yeah. Back to the new map. So if he was killed, the soul would go into the phylactery. Yes, I think that's right. So you know the location of it and you're brought back to unlife. Are you brought back to unlife next to the phylactery then? Is that the way that works? Um, Let's have a look at Liches, shall we? So the the, the storm lords, whatever they're called, must have put some barrier around the phylactery that would stop him coming out. Seemed to make sense. He's a lich. And if you destroy the phylactery, then he's dead forever, right? It, yes. So he probably didn't want to kill himself because there's a slight possibility, if he doesn't know where it is, that it's actually been destroyed. So if he killed himself, it might actually be dead forever. That's the other thing that oh, Shana said early point. on. Yeah. Yes. All right. Okay. No, that's fair enough. That, that Are we all happy? Everybody happy? Yeah, yeah satisfied. We're not having to yeah. turn the sub around. Satisfying Bond is looking at you like, are we doing this or are we driving back? Are we yeah, going to no, go back? What are we doing? doing? No, no, it wouldn't have stopped us anyway. She hums to herself as you break the surface. Can you see the crimson spot cocktail? Yes. It's not very crimson, though, is it? Oh, for God's sake. (laughs) Nor was the Red October, wasn't... Oh, I've given away how it's called this crimson spot cocktail. (laughs) Anyway, whatever. (laughs) I think it's just... Don't give it a red aura. Red aura? Yes, fine, fine. Mm. Yes. What's the date? Today... It is Moon Day, the 22nd of Fart, in the year 595 of the Order. Is it still Moon Day? Or we took a day to get there? It's a day's worth of travel. It's not 24 hours. Oh, okay. Oh, so I still cast my 7th uh, level spell. Oh, I see. Well, yeah. 
Well, okay. sort of red grime. Is that red so enough? much better. That's perfect. Like a blood stain around it in the water. Let me describe the bay to you. The storm, there's almost a wall of weather behind and around you. And then a promontory, a sort of flat tongue of land that spills towards you. Uh-huh. A beachhead that's littered with driftwood and the splintered ruin of well over a hundred ships. Skeletal wrecks crowd the rocky shoreline, a veritable city of barnacle-claimed vessels, peopled with dead sailors. Broken skeletons wrapped in threadbare rags hang out of yawning breaches in the ship's hulls, and tattered sails whip in the fierce winds sweeping the shoreline. One ship stands out from these weathered hulks, a recent victim of the wind and rocks. This gigantic sailing cog lies broken in two against a jagged rock on the eastern edge of the beach. Beyond the shore, the rocky beach angles up slightly to an ancient maze of ruined walls and standing stones. You've got a kind of cloud base that's about 60 feet. Right. And the pillars that form the entrance to this, well, what seemingly is a maze, disappear up into the cloud base, into the storm. Where the storm is not held back by some, whatever it is, Talagos-based enchantment, it looks pretty scary. There's lightning stuff crackling around in it and all of that business uh-huh. in it. Each square on this map is 10 foot by 10 foot, so the scale is chunky, chunky. Uh-huh. And then I've blocked off the ingress into all of these pillars and stones that form, as it were, multiple entrances to a maze. Get a little bit closer, we'll reveal a little bit more. But for the moment... I'm going to say that you are standing on the conning tower of the Spotcockter. You've got about 30 or 40 feet of relatively shallow water from the nose of the Spotcockter that you would have to wade through or slosh through to get to the shore. What would you like to do? Well, I'm going to forge ahead. Well, I, okay. might, I might just fly to the land. Let's put some figures on, shall we? Yeah. Okay, I've put myself on the map just north of the spot cockter on the beach. I'm using my mandolin to cast fly. Scaly's waded through the water. And up and onto the beach. Yeah. I'll just follow Scaly. I walk across water. Sessions? I'm going to fly up and I'm going to get a commanding view. I'm going to take okay. out my uh, sensor and light it. Your sensor of air elementals? Summoning, yep. Halfway between the boat and yep. the the that boat old. and the shore. Yep. There are these teeth of rock sticking up in a regular pattern in between where the submarine is uh, bobbing and the beach itself. So you can put yourself on or around one of them. They look awfully like teeth, don't they? Now, <laughs> more than I look at it. So, um, Empire Strikes Back. I think I might uh, <laughs> fly over here, in fact. And Uncle Buggy? Any chance of scrounging a ride on the sweet steak? <sighs> yes, I'll do that. I'll ride him over and then next round I'll summon the... Um, Air elemental. So you're all on the beach. Well, I'm flying above it. Me too. You fly over, you wade, you land, you do whatever you do. While you're doing so, can you give me some perception checks, please? And I shall reveal some maze Um, to you. I'm going to also do a detect magic. Yep. Buff gets 25. And look at that. Perception one, three. I'm just going to reveal some interior to you as you look a little. Mm-hmm. Burple, your perception check was good enough to reveal to you that as you were making your transition from the spot cockpit to the shore, something 
flitted, a shadow flitted across from one of these standing stones that you can see into the shadows behind another that you can't. It was heading north uh, west. And I couldn't make out what it was. A uh, humanoid, probably with a bow or something slung over its shoulder. Okay, I will make the universal I've seen from the silhouette movement signal. Yeah. To everybody else. Readers, there's a maze. We're going to try and abstract it because if we start describing every block, it looks like a Tetris game in in progress. Looking at this map, <laughs> and that is going to be a bit of a nightmare. Post a picture so, on social media. Yeah, we can post a picture on social media, but we'll get to that because this uh, readers, it's the 12th of October as you're listening to this. If we've actually hit our mark, <laughs> and the next thing that happens is that from the shadows at the east end of the openings to the maze from the darkness an arrow streaks out looks like a relatively regular arrow but as it emerges and flashes into what feeble sunlight there is it changes course (laughs) and turns and it starts heading towards you all and as it nears you it into flame we will find out Uh. we find that arrow where it's come from how much trouble you're in what secrets await you on the island of Tilakos, where we pick things up next? Fight! A bloody last. Fight! Excellent. The Billowing Hilltop podcast is a Billowing Hilltop production. Dungeons and Dragons is a trademark of Wizards of the Coast. The Library of Last Resort and Age of Worms are copyright Paizo. The Library of Last Resort was written by Nicholas Logue. Music is from Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and is used with thanks under the Creative Commons license. Additional music and sound effects come from the wonderful Sirenscape. All other original material is copyright Billowing Hilltop. Role-playing games are all about getting people together and we use Roll20 as our tabletop, the perfect place to host your game and Discord to host our chat. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.